0: Welcome to episode 36 of the TCCG Roundtable. We're your host, Dragon Rider and Ron Mexico. How's it going? Hey,
1: doing well. How are you?
0: Doing well. Doing well. I can't believe it's Friday already. Where has this yep. week gone?
1: <laughs> yep. Every Friday. It's like, huh, happened again.
0: Yeah. I'm like, shouldn't it? just be like Tuesday or Wednesday I don't know this week has felt like it just <laughs> like flew by so I don't know what happened to the week uh I don't Sorry, know what we I did but...
1: weekends here.
0: <laughs> that's right yes uh indeed which you know is good and hopefully we're gonna have some relaxing weekends or game-filled weekends I don't know some some of both maybe um but what uh what do you have going on this weekend Ron anything anything going on
1: uh well, hoping that I don't lose power again this this weekend would be nice. Um, you know, there's a big storm that rolled in last night, uh, knocked out my stream when I was like I don't know ten minutes in, uh, which is a little sad that I was out of power for uh, a good little while. Um, but everything's fine now. You know, it's it's kind of a mess outside, but uh, no major damage nobody hurt as far as i know so that's that's all good and uh just hoping to get back on track you know with uh normal plans um streaming again today got my stream for next week lined up and ready and uh actually i have a birthday coming up in a couple of days so that's kind of nice we're gonna do a little something special and then um yeah just I mean, as long as power holds for my birthday, I'm, I'm happy, you know, that's <laughs> all I need.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, hopefully the power doesn't go out again. That absolutely. And uh, happy birthday. I know it's it's still a couple of days, but, you know, i are going to say it here on the show and uh, in chat as well. Thank you. Yes. Happy birthday, Ron. We are hey. happy to have you be <laughs> celebrating a birthday with you on the show.
1: And what about you, Don? What do you got going on?
0: Uh, I, I don't know, really. <laughs> um, I think probably going to be doing some cleaning. Uh, I've been working on some videos and some ideas. I'm already thinking about some uh fun things for like, October, Halloween stuff. So I'm already trying to plan some, uh, some things that I can record and, and get put out, you know, early October, because uh, that is coming up. So Hopefully, I can get some of that stuff uh, worked on in the next couple of weeks. Um, and other than that, just playing a bunch of card games and, you know, seeing what what I can figure out in terms of cards and learn new games and get info on stuff. and Living the life. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It's a, I, I am realizing, though, as I play some of these games, I'm like especially when i'm trying to teach other people uh so i was trying to like teach um my mom my mom and i were playing some lorcana last night and i i start to like tell her the different words right exerting and we're challenging or questing and all this and it's just like got to the point i was like it's tap just just tap because like she knows magic <laughs> right yeah. so it's like just it, it's tapping or you're attacking, or so, you know. It's it's kind of funny just looking at like all of the, uh, you know, the different terminology across the different games, and it's like, okay, all these games trying to use different terms, you know, and it's just like, okay, they got to stand out, this. you know, <laughs> yeah, they got to stand just, out. They can't just yeah.
1: use someone else's game words,
0: right? Yes, you know, and and we've talked about this, but like you know, Disney, right? They can't, uh, you can't say that something died or went to the graveyard oh no no it's Exile. banished yeah banished, banished. yeah so it's like okay got it can't say that it died no it's banished <laughs> you gotta gotta say it right you know <laughs> so uh it's exactly in chat yeah dw it's ink not mana that's right it's not land it's not mana it's ink in your ink well we go. you, gotta, you know, we you got to be got to be correct there. So uh yeah, that that's just something that like I've I've realized and you know, just reading a bunch of different like game rules and mechanics and trying to work on content, it's like I got to make sure I get all these words right, you know, especially if I'm working on stuff that's like trying to teach a game. I can't say the thing Wrong. I can't say it incorrectly. I maybe can make the comparison so that people understand, but I gotta use the the right terminology. So uh, that's been something that I've realized more recently. It's like ah, okay, I gotta I gotta focus on that so that I don't <laughs> say things wrong. Oh, yeah. But it's good. It's good. Um, we also do have the i know we we've been talking about this but we are participating in a soul forge fusion digitize charity event that's being run True. by casey kidd who was our guest uh, back in the end of may uh, and it's it's in the auction part so it's kind of interesting right we're all kind of uh putting in our like bids uh during this auction part of the of this event to kind of pick our draft order there's eight teams and then we'll get to uh you know in that order whoever bids the highest will get to pick their their deck first that they get to use um but all of the proceeds are going to the national alliance on mental illness nonprofit organization so you know it it doesn't feel bad to uh bid a little bit more it's like all right well you know this is this is going to charity so uh, we'll definitely be keeping everybody up to date. We'll have our first match coming up next week and then we'll have I think it's three weeks worth of matches uh, all throughout September. So we're getting prepped for that.' It's, it's exciting. I'm ready um, to
1: digitize. We're gonna we're gonna be right. jamming those digitizes. It's part of the rules that, so, you know, we have to <laughs> whenever we see it and immediately are required to play it, uh, even if it will uh, not help us uh, and will right. only help our opponent. So it's a very fun little like wrinkle added to um, the the concept of the game and I'm looking forward to it.
0: That's right. Yes, I am totally ready to buff my opponent's uh, creatures on the board. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, gonna be Totally good. ready. Uh but yes, there is a GoFundMe. Uh if anybody outside of the event does want to uh add to that, there is that link. Uh so we'll definitely have that available. Um at the beginning of every week after matches are posted, people can uh put bounties on players or teams. So absolutely welcome to uh you know put a bounty on us. Uh totally if you <laughs> If you want, I'm not sure that uh, it's going to be very difficult for our opponents to uh, take us down. But, you know, hey, that's uh, it's more money for charity, right? So uh, we're, we're excited to, to be doing that. We'll keep everybody updated on how those games are going and maybe even be able to showcase some of those games or uh, chat with our opponents or something on the show. So that would be, that'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's what we have going on uh what is our term of the week for this week ron what do we get
1: so this week um not an actual keyword or anything like we've discussed in previous weeks but kind of just a a way to characterize a deck um this week our term of the week is solitaire or like a, a solitaire type deck that people would kind of casually refer to something as and essentially just what it means is a deck that is trying to just play its own um set game plan set win condition that is sort of without interaction from opponents so uh, a lot of people will derisively refer to it as A solitaire deck or this person is playing solitaire basically because why would you be playing this two-person or multiplayer game when all you want to do is just play this game by yourself assemble your combination of cards play them in order and win the game without the opponent being able to stop it Um, it's it's one of the many strategies that can be very viable in games Uh, often it's like a referred to with an abbreviation of otk for one turn kill Uh, and you know it, it, it can be something that rubs a lot of people the wrong way i know i personally don't love facing decks that i can't really do anything to stop once they have all of the things oh oh look they have all the things now the game's over they play them and win um so like i've been known to be to refer to something as a solitaire a solitaire deck and like roll my eyes in annoyance um but it it's something that's out there in card games and uh it is still occasionally something that will create a healthy meta for the game because there are other decks maybe that this can counter uh that crowd out different decks that maybe you may actually enjoy or otherwise um kind of creates that whole like ecosphere of things but uh an intriguing little name for uh a strategy
0: yes and i i don't really know when this term kind of started getting used i feel like it's been around for a little while at this point but i don't feel like i heard people kind of referring to that up until maybe like the last couple of years so it's really Mm -hmm. kind of started you know up more recently i would say you know some of the terms we've talked about kind of sparked from you know early magic cards right from like 25 years ago or something like that but i feel like the term and the way that people are using solitaire solitaire deck has kind of been one of those more uh, more recent kind of terminologies So.
1: I haven't, I haven't ever heard anyone refer to a deck as a solitaire deck and mean it as a compliment. It, it has not been an affectionate True. term.
0: Yes, um, <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. It's just like it, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you are playing a different kind of game than your opponent is playing. A lot of times, if you're not playing the same deck, then your concept and i'll use hearthstone as an example because i always go to hearthstone uh your concept of what hearthstone is as a game is fundamentally different from the game that your opponent is playing if you run into one of those so-called solitaire decks
0: uh, something that i think we're going to kind of discuss a little bit more in our round table topic our main topic uh, for today but Uh, yeah it's it's been it's been an interesting term we'll put it that way (laughs) interesting term to uh, see getting used uh so thank you for that Ron absolutely and I think it's time to get into some news are we ready for news let's do it all right general news. Uh, I mentioned this previously, but uh, the Star Wars Unlimited by Fantasy Flight Games uh, was announced earlier this year in May. It was demoed at Gen Con, and I believe they're also doing some demo stuff at uh, Spiel. I don't remember when that is, if that's happened already or not, uh, but that is like a, a gaming event in Germany. Uh, but that is... Uh, Star Wars Unlimited will be releasing sometime next year in 2024, Uh, so definitely kind of looking forward to that, and uh, just wanted to mention that again, because in our roundtable topic, we're going to dive into that a little bit as well, and kind of mention that. Uh, In some less exciting news, uh, we have some news that Sheldon Mennery, uh, who is a very like well known uh judge he was he was a judge a hall of fame judge and known as kind of the pioneer kind of like the father of the commander format uh has just passed away uh he was battling cancer and had been fighting with that for a while but uh he did uh pass away so if you see some news on that or you see people kind of talking about uh, Sheldon or Sheldon Mennery then that is that's who it is so you kind of at least have a little bit of uh, a frame if you are unfamiliar with who he is uh but definitely seemed like an absolute amazing figure in the community was very like welcoming to a lot of people um you know talked about commander really being like a social aspect of the game and being something that you know everyone was welcome to and could be a part of so uh definitely hope that more and more people kind of continue that that legacy not only in magic but i would say just across all of the card games of really kind of helping create you know places for everyone to feel welcome and and involved in card games uh, for Flesh and Blood, the next expansion, Bright Lights, has uh, is, is already been announced. It's been a little while now. But that 251 card set kind of has like a cyberpunk, uh, you know, robotic type look to it. Uh, preview season is coming very, very soon now. starting on September 22nd. The pre-release events will be running from September 29th through October 2nd. And then the set will fully release on October 6th. Uh, We also did just have the Wilds of Eldraine expansion released for Magic. Uh, That just came out, I believe, on the 5th for uh, the MTGA, like the MTG Arena, you know, online version. And then uh, today, as of Friday, September 8th, that should be you know, in stores, uh, and be on for tabletop. So that should be released for eternal. The next set, uh, has already been on its way. I think we are starting to get a little bit now. They, I think they released, uh, one card today, uh, we're starting to see a little bit of those cards be previewed for battle lines. That's coming in the fall. It's going to contain over 200 cards and a few new mechanics. Uh, Soulforge Fusion is working on set three called The Last Winter. They have been doing a handful of reveals every single week uh, through different creators and through the official uh, stream showcasing not only a new card every time that they stream, but also the digital version of the game that is being worked on. And DC Dual Force has uh, been in early access now for... Uh, what a week and a half ish uh, since August 30th, Um, they added in the daily and weekly quests and they're working on things like ranked ladder play, daily logins, uh, the subscription service where they'll be able to get the like solo content, weekly comics and monthly mini sets, all of that and working on uh, kind of getting everything put out for early access into the steam and Epic store clients. So that is definitely been underway. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there's even more things coming out, but uh, that is kind of what, uh, what we have going on this week. And what do we have, Ron, for uh, organized play?
1: Uh, well, for organized play, we have Lorcana events that have already started up some 1k and 2k op tour events. Um, I don't have a whole lot more details to share just yet, but stay tuned for more Lorcana news. I'm sure there will continue to be lots of little, um, you know, local events and otherwise, and hopefully like uh, some, some bigger, more organized events in the near future. Uh, for Battle Spirits Saga, we have grand open events in November, with a grand total of twenty five thousand dollars in cash prizes and Pro Tour invites on the line. Uh, for Magic, there's MagicCon Las Vegas that's coming up September twenty second mm-hmm. through the twenty fourth. It's going to host the Pinnacle Premier Level Play event of the 22-23 season and Magic World Championship 29, as well as their new 100K Limited Open. For Yu-Gi-Oh!, YCS Vancouver BC is happening this weekend, tomorrow soon. It's happening September 9th and 10th. Uh, and excited to hear the results for what happens there. And For Legends of Runeterra, we have the third World Championship information, and a bit of information about the mystery event that has been revealed. Um, The World Championship is going to be happening December 14th through the 16th, with 64 players competing, $157,000 in monetary prizing in addition to in-game badges, Titles, card backs, icons, and the top two players will be the first Architects of Legends, having a lasting impact on the game by being able to work directly with the devs to create their own follower card for first place and spell card for second place. Um, A final last chance qualifier will run November 25th through 26th for two spots that lead directly to the World Championship in December. And qualifiers from previous Runeterra Opens non-Worlds qualifiers from each region and some creators will be invited to a special event in the early part of 2024 at the Riot Campus in LAX to get a sneak peek at some of the things planned for 2024 lots of exciting things there uh i will be perpetually jealous of this runeterra news as a hearthstone player but who knows maybe someday it'll change
0: i know even just that uh getting to go to you know like an in-person like Kind of secret meeting and getting to see some of that stuff like ahead of time and actually get to like meet in person with just a bunch of other people who are creators or who are, you know, like competitors like that just that on its own to me sounds so so cool i know that in the past even as you mentioned for hearthstone that hearthstone's done a couple of those as well right like creator summits or something like that they had like one or mm-hmm. two yeah. uh, of those and i'm like man that sounds so cool so to be able to like compete in a tournament you know and, and kind of win that as a prize is pretty sweet that, that sounds awesome
1: I mean, there is still, like, a cool thing that Hearthstone does for world champions where, like, they'll get essentially their own card in the game. Um, And the card is often just, like, some kind of play on their screen name that they use or something like that. So uh, that's how we've gotten Fiery Bat for Firebat, you know, as the first world champion or Ace Hunter Queen for Hunter Ace. Uh, there's there's multiple other examples throughout just the history of Hearthstone. So uh, that's that is a cool thing that Hearthstone does. But um, we're getting a little bit overshadowed by <laughs> by some of the the cool stuff um, Runeterra is doing right now.
0: Yeah, well, that's all right. You know, is is cool. Maybe we'll have to uh, try some more Legends of Runeterra and see if we. <laughs> sneak in something you know maybe it's time (laughs) all right well you know i think it is time ron to get into our roundtable topic for this week and uh i know you and i kind of had a brief discussion about this like before we started recording uh but i kind of want to preface or kind of explain i guess what our our topic is for this week and then we can kind of dive into it Uh, And this is the kind of idea, I guess, the difference in some of the games, some of the card games versus other card games uh, and kind of the mechanic of targeting or attacking and how that interaction changes strategies, changes mechanics of the game or impacts mechanics uh, and basically what I mean by this is, for example, Hearthstone or even Disney Larkana. uh And then also talking about that Star Wars Unlimited game, right? If you look at the rules uh, in those games, you basically have the choice when you are attacking or in Disney Lorcana's case, right? If you're questing to get lore, uh, you kind of have the option of where you want to send your attack or how you want to maneuver that right in hearthstone you can say oh this this minion is going to attack into their minion or i'm going to send my minion to their face and deal damage to their face same thing in the rule book for the star wars unlimited you'll be able to uh, attack something that's like on the board or you can attack their base directly kind of like attacking face in hearthstone
1: always go face that's right always face. always face
0: but Other card games, like Magic, uh, even like Eternal, um, I believe Eternal, uh, Legends of Rotera that we were just talking about, right? You kind of just say, these things that I have on the board are attacking, just in general. And then your opponent has the option to defend and pick which of their things is going to block your things. So it's very different. And... That definitely impacts how you play the game, right? You know, sometimes you're like, ooh, okay, in Hearthstone, if you have a bunch of little, like, 1-1s, you could just send them all face if you want, right? But if you did that in something like Magic or Legends of Runeterra, you're like, hey, I'm going to have all these little little things just attack, and your opponent has 2-2 two, two, or 3-3 three, three things on the board. They're just going to block and kill all your stuff, And that's it. So might not be the greatest strategy to, uh, just send all those in for an attack in magic or Runeterra. Uh, so it definitely changes how you play the game. It changes just the overall like strategies. And I think it actually impacts decks, deck archetypes, like deck building. It impacts mechanics of the game and also. In things like magic, uh, one thing that you and I had talked about was the fact that magic, you you can interact with your opponent on their turn, right? Like you can play a, a counter spell or you can play an instant or you can play something during their turn. But a lot of these other games, you can't interact on your opponent's turn. So that also kind of adds to the differing strategies and the differing um like strategy in game versus deck building and also the mechanics, right? Because like they could create totally different cards based on those different mechanics, right? In, in Hearthstone, they're never going to create a card that you can use on your opponent's turn. I mean, maybe they will, but it's not we, something that's We really... doubt that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It would go against like the entire code of the game as it's built right
0: now. Right. Yeah. But magic that's integral to the game and the mechanics of the game. So you're gonna see a lot more things like that, like instant spells and things like that, that are kind of made to be used in response on your opponent's turn. So I guess I just wanted to kind of do a bit of a deep dive into this idea and kind of talk about the ways that these differences of being able to target where you want attacks, or just as a general, hey, I'm attacking, and then your opponent has a response. How do you think that that really changes things on like a fundamental level, or changes strategies of decks or how things are played for the game?
1: It yeah, it's a it's a very broad like topic that we can dive into. Just each game has to decide for themselves first off how they even want the mechanics to be structured um, before they get into like printing the cards and all these other things because you have to be very aware of how that's going to impact the overall gameplay. and there's there's interesting nuance and, in like, different strategies you can go with on different types of card games as well when it comes to whether or not there can be targeted attacks or it's, like, declare attackers and then declare blockers and so on. Um, I think, it, like, if I had to... If I had to say that there was one that had, like, more strategic elements to it, I would say it's probably, like, the declaring attackers and blockers, um, because it requires you to sometimes, like i know, live on a razor's edge for when do i attack with this creature because i might need to hold it back to block and so on but if i don't attack with it then i miss some of the pressure uh and then i can't set up for my own win condition or something um in in a game where you have targeted things you know um Well, there are no blockers, which is why, you know, keywords in hearthstone, for instance, like taunt exists. So you do have a way to have some defense Um, or other keywords like lifesteal exists. So you have a way to regain some health with an attack because you can't really have your creatures protect you unless, you know, they're as previously stated, like Taunt minions. Um, So. When it comes to the actual like attacking stage, at least in games like Hearthstone and other games where there's targeting, um, as long as there's no downside for targeting, it really simplifies the whole process. Well, you know, just hear all these things. Let me go get them, hit them in the face, get them. Um, and you know, occasionally you might need to clear up your opponent's side of the board. Often that's done. Um, through a way that you just try to make it most advantageous to you like a value trade for instance where if your opponent has three power and three health uh your your creature for instance and then your opponent's creature has like two power and three health oh well that'd be a great option for me to go ahead and clear that up because my creature will survive, theirs will die, and I'll still have a creature that can keep attacking later um, and kind of extract more value from its stats. Um, Magic uh, and other games, I believe they don't lose the health, right? Once they, once they win a fight, it's not like a, a constant thing where um like on the next turn they'd have the same amount of stats
0: it's yeah it depends on the game so magic basically at the end of each turn uh all the damage goes away and they're reset back to their right. normal um legends of runeterra the the things on the board actually do keep their damage uh very much like right, Hearthstone. Okay. so yeah. yeah it's so it's even more nuance within <laughs> yeah. that
1: too when it comes to like the the interactions in the game and each game designer you know at some point had to decide do we want to have targeted attacks or not do we want to have like this declaration of attacks do we want to have uh, things recover their stats after taking damage once the turn is over or retained that as like uh, I don't know they're wounded now and you know they're not recovering to me it was always weird when I played magic years and years ago and like i could i could send an attack into this creature right the creature almost died but then it didn't and now it's just as difficult as before to to kill it i'm like what <laughs> it's like it's just shrugged it off that was nothing like i don't know i i do prefer i think the ongoing like you retained the damage that you took type of thing from just resetting
0: yeah And I think a lot of people probably do. Uh, And it's definitely something that as more card games have come out, I think has kind of become, I don't necessarily want to say the standard, but I would say kind of the more common uh, way -hmm. of going about it is that things do usually keep the damage uh, into the next turn. Um, We're seeing that with like Disney Lorcana now. Um, Like I said, Runeterra. Uh, so it's kind of interesting there and it's, you know, the way that you were talking about this, uh, really made me think kind of in a way, I think at the most basic level, I'll say like the, the kind of what it boils down to is in games where you get to decide if you are targeting your attack into your opponent's stuff or like their face or base or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Right. Um, the the onus, the kind of pressure, the decisions are more on you, right? But in things like magic or even Runeterra, a bit, it seems like the the kind of decision, the uh, lead, the advantage is a little bit more on the opponent, right? Because they're the ones that get to decide how things are getting traded or blocked, so they can make blocks and stuff that are going to be more advantageous for them whereas when you are doing you know the attacks or targeting face or whatever you kind of get to decide that if you get to attack into their things as you said you can make you know multiple trades into their minions their things on the board and it's kind of up to you which things you're going to kill off on their side so you can kind of target and kill off you know their more uh, impactful minions they're more like scary things right like "Ah, i need to kill that i need to get rid of that thing on the board uh so it's kind of up to you but on the other side if they get to block and do that then all of those decisions are kind of up to them uh so it's kind of interesting
1: creates a different uh, level of strategy there as well where um if you have less control over how you want your attacks to go then you have to try to set up a scenario in which case all of your attacks will be advantageous so it doesn't matter how they choose to block or not block it will never help them um they can only like stem the bleeding a little bit you know um so i don't know i I think in a way that creates maybe some longer games or different uh interaction with how you need to approach uh your plan to win the game and uh you know it's that's something that i can i can really see how it developed especially in a game like magic which you know started a long time ago and uh has been a physical card game uh the trendsetter for all these things too so they're kind of the the ones exploring new territory and establishing all these different rules that people maybe either like or don't like and then other games kind of build off of that and deviate as they see fit for uh, well hey i liked this but i didn't like that um and in a digital game like Hearthstone for instance uh they generally would want the games to go a little bit faster so hey uh you have more agency when it comes to how you want to um to have your attacks go when it's your turn and you get to be the one attacking rather than your opponent sort of dictating how this is going to go so they can set up the best way for them.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that, I guess, timeline or like chronological progression if you look at like when games were released and kind of what games came before them. Because I think, you know, as you said, like magic was kind of the the first card game that really started all of this right and i I would say hearthstone is probably arguably the most influential like digital game hearthstone's probably the game that really kind of created the digital era of card games uh even though there was like magic online that did actually you know predate Hearthstone, but it wasn't as popular. It was very niche. Uh, Hearthstone, you know, as we've talked about, I think, before on this show and other topics. Right, Hearthstone kind of was the first accessible digital card game that was more um, targeted for for a bigger audience. Right, so more Mm -hmm. people kind of got into card games. More people found this um, than they would Magic. Um, And then you had kind of after all that, then you had things like. Uh, Legends of Runeterra, they came out and kind of mixed both of those things, right? So it kind of took the blocking mechanism and stuff from magic, but it took things like the gaining one mana every turn and and putting that from Hearthstone into kind of their their version of the game. So it kind of, as more games have come out, it's like taking all these little pieces uh, from the different games and, and using it in their game. Um you know, and, and then putting their own spin on it, right? As we've talked about, like, you know. You, you, with... gotta, you gotta sound
1: different. <laughs> yeah, with Doing the different similar wording. similar to like... other games, but different words. Yeah. Um, you know, pick and choosing mechanics that you like or don't like. I mean, I think Lorcana's done a pretty good job of it from what I've seen so far when it comes to, like, how they wanted to approach designing the game. And which mechanics they liked from other games that they're using in theirs and so on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's kind of interesting too, I would say, uh, even though, you know, looking at like this aspect again, right. I said in Lorcana, you quest to gain lore, but the one kind of big mechanic that feels a bit different from other games is right. In most of these card games, you're trying to bring your opponent's health or whatever down from a certain point to zero. Whereas Disney lore Kana is kind of the opposite. You start at zero lore and you are gaining lore and then the first person to get to 20 wins. So it's kind of, instead of like, oh, I'm damaging my opponent or I'm doing you know that against them. It's like you're working for your own goal so right. it's kind of interesting. Just a clever
1: way to clever way to spin it. Essentially yeah. you could say that the you know, the minion or creature is still dealing damage and that damage would be reducing the opponent's life total from twenty to you know lower and lower, but instead it's just saying that you're increasing your own. Like it's it's a clever way to Disney yeah. buy it, right? Just <laughs> yes. to be like, no, we're not hurting each other here.
0: Exactly. Nobody's
1: dying.
0: <laughs> yes. But I think it I think it is interesting to look at because all of these mechanics you know, as we talked about, right, they they change kind of the way people play or cards that are created. Uh, So if you look at certain mechanics, um, even in some of the card games, uh, like when you have games like Magic or Legends of Runeterra that have blockers, right, you declare blockers, uh, you also then have mechanics that are added in, Things like uh, elusive in Legends of Runeterra, Mm -hmm. right? Or flying in magic. And then you have, uh, well, Legends of Runeterra, then it's like, okay, evasive or uh, elusive. You can only have, you know, other creatures, other things that have elusive, you know, can can trade or target those Uh, in magic, right? You have flying and then creatures that have reach or flying, can then defend or attack into other flying creatures, right? So it kind of adds another level of like mechanics and keywords and and design aspect, like from the actual design space, uh, whereas you don't really need that. Like what would be the purpose of something like that in something like Hearthstone, right? you not re- not really you have uh, taunt at, i guess at most, be kind of... at
1: most you'd probably have something that could ignore taunt which is right. in and of itself an actual mechanic that has been printed in hearthstone yeah. um yeah. and i think i've only seen it on one card and that was kane the demon hunter card uh which yeah. is a favorite of mine i love that card <laughs> the face plays sta- taunt me still go face uh it's exactly. fantastic <laughs> um but uh like it's just cool that there's within whatever mechanic you choose to to go with um you then enable yourself kind of i guess the design space to work with how do we want to allow additional strategies to interact with this mechanic that we've chosen um so even something like uh, hearthstone with targeting uh, there's an example with kane of, of one of the ways that you can bypass something um, when it comes to declaring attackers and blockers there should often at least be some kind of downside to like declaring an attack uh, and mainly that is like the creature itself has to tap so then it can't block on your side um, so You have to determine, hey, when is it okay for me to do this and when is it not okay. And that also enables different things to be printed like this minion doesn't or this creature doesn't tap when attacking. So it's able to attack and block at the same time like as a special ability maybe you have to pay more use more resources for whatever the case may be. Uh, And nuances just kind of continue to spill out from there. And that's what we all love so much about card games. Um, You have your basic rules. You have your mechanics for how the game works. And now let's break them. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's break them and let's play around with them and find a way (laughs) to cheat the mechanics of the game. So we can. win. (laughs) Right. That, That seems to be the. The goal of every card game player at the heart of it is: I'm going to break the meta. I'm going to break the game, uh, so that I can do something really powerful at cruise to victories.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also pretty interesting because then once you start getting, I I would say, even like again, the kind of era of digital card games and and all the technology that we have now, right? um, Information is so easy to access and you can get deck lists and strategies like immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of also shaped the way that ultimately all of these mechanics and the deck strategies then start to, uh, turn into and like change the meta overall of a game. Right. So if, if people are trying to break these mechanics and say, oh, okay, well, uh, let's say in magic. Hey, I'm just going to build a deck with all flying creatures because then if my opponent doesn't have flying or reach, I just get to attack and they can't do anything about it. And I'm sending all this damage, you know, to them because they can't block, Um, you know, and then if that strategy becomes popular, then people say, oh, okay. So people are just playing a bunch of flying. So then I'm going to play flying and reach or they come up with mechanics or, or ways to kind of interact with that right? And then it just keeps developing and changing from there. And you see that in every game, right? That's kind mm. of how uh, all of the metas and, and all of the things develop. But I think ultimately that you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said that basically that's how it all starts is people saying, okay, here's the mechanics. Here's how these work. Here's right. this specific keyword or the specific mechanic of a card. I'm gonna break it and then and then everybody else has to go uh how do we play against that breaking thing (laughs) right so then it changes and um it's also kind of interesting oh go ahead oh i was gonna say you know looking at um like the difference of how certain games also take into account like the end of your deck right because uh in some, some yes. games, they say, oh, once you can't draw a card anymore from your deck, you just lose. But then some games turn it into fatigue damage. And even in that, like fatigue damage is different across all of the different games. Um, but that kind of adds to different uh, strategies and interactions, right? Because in some games, I would say mill type decks where you just want your opponent to draw through their deck and then end the game. um, in some games, I think mill strategies are much more prevalent than in other games. And I think that speaks to the way that the game ends based on the end of the deck. So it's, just, Absolutely. it's so interesting, like looking at all these different mechanics and like, how can you interact with what they're doing on the other side of the board or not, or who's kind of in control of the overall decisions during a turn? changes the way that people build their deck or the strategies that they try
1: yep figure out what's your win condition um with the game itself and then figure out your approach to how you want to win that game um in the example of like attackers versus blockers someone might have the idea oh, well, I'll, I'll run a bunch of flying creatures. Like, uh, I, I have a, a very fast deck full of uh, mosquitoes. I don't know. And they can all fly, so you can't block them. Good luck. And that is now prevalent well now there's uh, a new deck that has risen and it's a deck full of spiders and they're blocking and killing the mosquitoes but the spiders are going to lose to like some other bigger land-based creature that then stomps all over the spiders i have a deck full of dinosaurs (laughs) good luck with your spiders you know and and then uh, it just keeps going from there so uh, often what happens is counters develop to a particular popular strategy no matter what strategy it might be there usually is something that will be good against it or counters the uh the concept of what that deck is doing um if there's a deck that wants to mill you and make you draw everything so that you just have too many things and you can't play them all well it's probably going to lose to the deck that always runs out of cards in their hand because they're spending them all really fast because they're really aggressive and they're just running you over the last thing you want to do as a mill deck is give uh, like use your central strategy which is giving your opponent cards when all they want is more cards (laughs) so they can beat you faster. You know, and then on the flip side of things, like that aggressive deck is is probably losing to a deck that's really slow and careful and is clearing every board and is very deliberate, has more expensive things. But when that deck runs into the mill deck, oh God, oh God, what do I do? I have my, whole, my whole deck is burning away. All of these cards do nothing for me. So, you know, there's always like uh, one way or another to play and as we talked about in in the term solitaire decks rise up um, a lot of times to combat uh, popular like control strategies so at first you have maybe some aggressive things that are dominating a format and then there's some control strategies that beat the aggressive decks and then there's combo typically is is often what it's referred to and a lot of people call combo like solitaire because combo ignores most other mechanics of the game in favor of a specific thing that sometimes literally says do this and win the game and other times it's just a sequence of things that assembles to a combination where you get all of the damage or all of the whatever it is you need to win at the same time in an unstoppable burst
0: yeah okay so let, let me ask you i think you know, and I'm pretty sure that we talked briefly about this before we started recording, but I I would like to hear your thoughts on, do you think that the impact of getting to choose where you are sending your attacks versus not being able to, so games that, you know, your opponent can declare blockers. uh, Do you think that that ultimately impacts the amount of kind of quote-unquote solitaire decks that are prevalent in a game
1: it's a good question and i'm not sure exactly how to assess it because um i think there's there's too many other things going on with the the background like designs and other different elements of the game itself so for instance like magic has a way to interrupt and interact with your opponent on their turn that's a game that has declared blockers and no targeting but i wouldn't call declared blockers and no targeting the influencer here in preventing like a solitaire style the influencer in preventing the solitaire style in that case is like being able to act while your opponent is doing things um for other games, I mean, I do think maybe like it leans a little bit more towards if you control your targeting, then the solitaire deck, the rise of solitaire decks is more likely to happen just in a vacuum. But I I don't know if that's a big enough determining factor uh, to say that like that would just always be the case for one versus the other.
0: Totally fair. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of a stepping stone, but as you said, there's a lot of other factors that play in. And I think this is also where uh, you kind of have mechanics and keywords that come into play that make a difference. Um, you know, when you have more keywords or mechanics in a game that can challenge that, like in terms of design, right, you want space for every type of deck, Right, you want space for multiple deck types to be available. There are people who love mill style decks, who love combo style and OTK decks that you know just work towards their own game plan. Um, but there's also people that don't like those style of decks or don't like playing against those style of decks. So it's kind of interesting to see how like the mechanics and keywords of a game kind of come in sometimes and and change that, prevent it a little bit. Um, and then maybe you know add like a rotation let's say for standard when cards go into wild you know that can kind of impact and then you might see a little bit of a rise of those cards you know or type of deck again Um, and it's because the the change in the mechanics and uh, sometimes in hearthstone even like the uh, addition of like tech cards right kind mm-hmm. of also can change things right things like uh, low type effects where you play that and your opponent's stuff costs more on the next turn we've seen kind of that over time kind of come and go right those kind of challenge some of those otk decks um hey your opponent wants to play out some spell damage stuff and then hit you with a bunch of spells well i'm going to play this thing that makes all of their spells cost two more for their next turn and kind of slow that down so it's it kind of creates this like loop i would say of not only the choice of hey i get to target where my attacks are going or I can build a deck and I have a strategy of just playing all these things from my hand, but then there's specific cards or specific keywords and things that, um, developly that's not a word (laughs) developmentally the, the devs and creators of the game make those, you know, keywords or specific cards that counter that. So it's not necessarily just that like, Oh, you get to target. So then that strategy can, run wild or not because then there's things that are kind of weaved in throughout that that challenge those so it's i don't know it's just interesting i was just i don't know i think i was thinking about this as i was falling asleep last night i'm like some games you get to like target where you're attacking or not and your opponent really can't do much about it but then in some games You just kind of say, I want this thing. And then your opponent says, "Mm, no, (laughs) or, or not. So I don't know. I was just, I was thinking about it last night in bed and I just thought this is kind of really an interesting topic and and to kind of dive into and, and talk about how games and how the mechanics of a game, or even how the devs of a game will think about creating cards based on those basics of the game is just actually like so deep it's it's very interesting
1: and you also brought up uh, an interesting element that could probably even be its own topic which is tech cards um and tech cards just being any any wide range of things that just like hey this card on its own is probably just like bad or not something that you would ever consider putting into your deck because um there are better options for the cost or the stats or any number of other reasons for why it's included but has a specific relevance based on what is popular uh that other people are running in their decks uh it's an answer to i guess the the question that might be asked by a, a certain powerful card. Um, and that can have a wide range of things from like, hey, this, uh, this makes spells cost more, this pulls a, a minion from the opponent's hand, this makes them discard something, um, this destroys something in the deck. There's, there's all kinds of different ways that it can happen, but mainly the, the concept of it is it is disruption um it is preventing whatever your opponent's prevailing strategy is from working um if weapons are everywhere in a meta like hearthstone there is weapon destruction if there is a combo meta that is running rampant there is a dirty rat as uh, the card itself is called which will summon a random minion from your opponent's hand onto the battlefield uh and that could potentially be good or bad for you. Um, But if you have additional answers to immediately remove that minion or the minion, uh, its primary purpose was that it had to be played already from hand, it's already been neutralized. So there's lots of different things like that that come into play. And I do like the existence of tech cards um, because they're grants some agency that that should be there when it comes to like certain unstoppable strategies or feeling unstoppable. Um, Sometimes they get a little over the top if maybe they print too much or the tech card itself is too good in a vacuum. Um, But it does kind of speak to my favorite type of gameplay, which is flexibility. And I love when an archetype or or a way of playing is not confined to just that way. Like if you're playing an aggressive deck, maybe you're not always the aggressor. You have some options to pivot to a different game plan and play slower remove things now you're starting to control the game uh on the flip side you know your combo deck that needs to draw assemble all of its pieces and win in one turn maybe can win a different way by playing really aggressively or something in in a situation or a control deck all of a sudden starts playing really aggressively because it recognizes the matchup and has the ability to do so with the type of build that it has that's where things get really cool in card games, and I really like them is, hey, we can we can flex things for not just one way.
0: I typically call those like secondary win conditions when you can kind of change up how you play, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, you look at a deck and you're like, oh, okay, this deck wins by uh, killing my opponent with multiple spells over the top to their face but you can also play minions and hit them in the face over a couple of turns and win that way. Uh, So yeah, sometimes (laughs) the little
1: support guy that drew you some cards to get to your combo is also the little support guy that could and winds up pushing like, you know, five or eight damage to the face or something. And that's just enough that you needed to win the game. And those kinds of things are pretty cool uh, when they happen in card games to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I I feel like maybe that is kind of a little bit easier to make work in games where you are the one kind of making those those decisions, right, of where you get to, like, target your attacks and stuff. Um, I I kind of feel like that allows for a little bit more room like that. Um, And I would also say, I think in a game where your opponent doesn't get to interact on your turn, that's kind of where those tech cards... Uh, fill that role in those games Mm -hmm. right whereas yeah you're still playing it on your turn but it's kind of interacting with your opponent's next turn right like in hearthstone you know the card will say you know next turn on your or on your opponent's turn their spells cost two more whatever so it's it's still in a way interacting on your opponent's turn without actually interacting on their turn right. directly. I mean, you still sit so, there until
1: they click the end it, turn, but yeah, you know. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So it's <laughs> a- again just another example of how the kind of mechanics or the card design is influenced by the base mechanics of the game, and it's like okay, kind of <laughs> there we go. There's another example of that um i don't know i just i I don't think that i realized like how nuanced and how deep that we could get with this discussion when i first thought of this topic (laughs) idea yeah and i feel like we do this every time yeah Yeah, every time though we're like okay we could talk about this and then we talk and talk and we're like oh but this thing oh but then you know (laughs) well like we start making these little connections and yeah i i honestly don't think that if um if I didn't have as much experience across multiple card games, I don't think that I would recognize it quite as much. You know, if I really only played one card game or that was all I knew and I'd never even heard of other card games or like looked into what they do or or heard about them or anything, I it's not something I would even think about, right? Because I just yeah. play the one game and I, that's the game I know. That's... That's how card games are, right? It's just in your little field of view. That's it. Um, but it's kind of interesting to to talk about this and look at the different the different mechanics and different ways that yeah. things change based on kind of those one and, or two decisions.
1: And everyone's going to have a preference too on like which one they prefer. Like for instance, for me, I I far prefer the targeting. Um, I, I want to be in control of where the attacks go at all times I don't want to have my opponent dictate you know how they answer that Uh, even though it can create to a lot of uh, or can set up for a lot of like creative maneuvering and and ways to figure out how to find the advantage and there's strategy and there's fun in that. um, To me maybe it's just like a more simplistic uh, way of approaching it Um, although again there's like different strategy too in targeting for how you target and that creates its own level of of nuance too which is cool but like i i think i'm always going to prefer the targeting but it's not to say that one thing is ever better than the other because there's just so many different ways that you can go and it's it's one of the things we love the most about all these different card games and and also, maybe the primary reason, Dragon Dragonriders always play in as many card games as possible, like, show me more mechanics, show me new things, I've got to discover more. And that's awesome, that's uh, something to celebrate.
0: And, you know, speaking on that, we didn't even talk about games that use lanes as a mechanic either. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Or auto battlers at all.
1: You know, that's, yeah, that's a whole thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, even in some card games, right, they use lanes and then it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, attacks might be automatic to your opponent's face. But then if there's an opposing creature or opposing thing in that lane, then that's when you have the block. So it's kind of like, kind of like declaring blockers but it's a little bit different still and that's a Mm. whole nother thing and it's like i don't know i just i i love the different the different aspects and how it's like you can kind of see the cascade effect just by saying hey are we allowing targeting attack or not right like this is this is all building uh
1: your knowledge for developing a brand new game in like 20 years I'm looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> you know, oh my god, this is something that I have thought about for the last several. Oh, like, oh, should I, I know. need to just make my own card game? Like, should I? But oh, uh that's yeah. We don't, we don't want to. We don't need to get into that.
1: <laughs> Not yet.
0: Oh gosh, no. Uh but uh, I think that was a really, really good discussion, Ron. Thank you for for joining me in that and and my pleasure. talking about the differences because. Like I said, I think that got even deeper than I expected it to, so I love it. Um, do you have any other like final thoughts or closing thoughts on that topic before we kinda close out?
1: Remember to go face
0: that's right. <laughs> go face, go for the lore quest quest <laughs> away <laughs> That's right. It's the best strategy. All right. Uh, Well, we just want to say thank you to everyone for joining us this week for, uh, you know, joining us each and every week as always, but uh, let's kind of talk about where you can reach out to us in case maybe you want to join on the show or you would like to have us uh, interview somebody specifically that you know. You can reach out to us at uh, tccgroundtable at protonmail.com. You can check us out on Twitter at tccgroundtable. And even on Twitter, there, our top pinned tweet, you can find the link to join in our Discord. Uh, we have some discussions on there, share some news and some links, different stuff going on in there. So uh, we'd love to have more people interacting in that Discord channel. Uh, if you want to check out the uh, video version of our show, you can find that on my YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com Dragonrider And you can find the show wherever you listen to audio podcasts as well. Uh, we are a little bit backlogged. I apologize. I'm working on that and getting that updated and, and uh, caught up. But um, that will be caught up very soon, hopefully. Uh, but you can check out the show on your audio catchers as well and you know if you want some physical swag things like playmats dice uh maybe deck boxes even customized stuff you can get all of that through inked gaming which is uh affiliated with the show and if you use our link, then you actually help directly support us as well. So definitely would appreciate that. Or if you want to get uh, a monthly box that they send you, some some different uh, card game stuff, I have definitely looked into that and uh, as soon as I'm able and have a little bit you know more uh, disposable income, I definitely want to get one of those because this is super cool it's just like send me stuff every month S- send me card game stuff um uh, but uh outside of that ron where can people find you if they want to check more out from you
1: uh so you can find me on youtube at ron mexico hs you can find me on twitter at ron underscore hs and you can find me streaming on twitch Every Monday through Friday, it's seven PM Eastern at Ron Mexico HS. Uh, what about for you individually, Dragon Rider? Where can they find you?
0: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, DonnieDK, D uh, A W N I E D K. Check me out on both Twitch and YouTube, but for now, kind of more YouTube. Uh, both at Dragon Rider TCCG, uh, and you can also hear me talking all about Standard Hearthstone. Uh, each week over at the Dr. 3HS podcast. And, you know, I think that that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Thank you, Ron. And thank you, everybody, for joining us this week. And we will see you at the roundtable.